What's up, everyone? You're listening to another episode of Kicking It with Krish. I'm Krish Kumar, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you join me for season three. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with Krish. Today, I'm joined by special guest Dwayne Hankins, the president of business operations for the Portland Trailblazers. Welcome, Dwayne. Great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Krish, thanks for having me. Really glad to be here. Absolutely. Let's just start off with your background and your educational experience and talk about how that led you to where you are today. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, I grew up um, grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So during the heyday of the Michael Jordan era, so not a better time to be an NBA fan or a basketball fan. Got a little bit spoiled with, with six championships in eight years. And uh, from there, went on to college. I went to Iowa State University, which was just far enough away from home to be, to be far, but still close. And I uh, went there for computer engineering, actually, for a semester. And um, shortly after that, changed my major, got into journalism. Really started getting into sports as a first-generation college kid. You know, I was kind of not sure what I was going to do with my degree, but learned pretty quickly that you could work for a sports team. And once I realized that, I, I didn't really want to do anything else. I just loved, loved sports my whole life. And to be able to actually work in sports, even though I was never any good at it, it felt like a dream come true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about what you did before the Blazers. So you saw the digital efforts for AEG's sports properties, the Kings, the Galaxy. Talk about those experiences and how those helped you um, get where you are now. It was such a fun time, such a fun time. Uh, at AEG, uh, like you said, with the Kings, we we happened to win a Stanley Cup championship during that time. The Galaxy also won an MLS Cup during that time. So just so fun. I mean, you get to a point where, you know, when your team's in the playoffs like that, the stage just gets larger and larger and the audience just gets bigger and bigger. And we were able to have so much fun. It was such a good team there uh, that that we worked with to help get a lot of those things done. And I think for us at the Kings, we really uh, broke out in a different way in terms of the way we thought about social media. You know, we we viewed it as more of a an engagement platform, uh, not something that we were going to be a microphone to others, but that we were actually going to engage in conversations with our with our fans, which I think in 2012 was more of a novel concept. And so that really helped us get a lot of um, a publicity at the time. And obviously the team performance, especially being an eight seed that went all the way to the Stanley Cup and won, you know, played its own story. But I think we learned a lot. You know, we learned that engagement mattered more than anything. Uh, it didn't matter how big your audience was. It mattered what you did with them. It mattered um, content, both um, things that you designed for for um, you know for the for the team, but also the access that you had to players, um, the fo- the photos that you took. Like how good was your photography? You know, when social media first started, it was like you know always thought that it was an intern or that it was just somebody in the back in the background doing all these things. And and in some cases it was, we had iPhones and we were taking pictures and, you know, outside the locker room, but as, as it's gotten more evolved, like obviously these are entire content platforms that teams need to take advantage of. And many teams are doing a great job of that. Yeah. Also, you know, digital media rights are, are growing faster than GDP. Um, so that's also another thing to add on. Um, one thing I'd love to touch on is before you became the president of business operations, you were also the chief commercial officer. Um, talk about the success in the areas of brand marketing, broadcast, and commercial partnerships and what all went into that. For sure. Yeah, it, it was a fun time uh, to be with the Blazers. In that role, you know, I was 
some of that was during our um you know our run to the western conference finals against the warriors and so there's a lot of excitement with the team going through that and then some of it was during the pandemic right so it was it was more challenging because we're having that conversation with 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 commercial partners about how their partnership was going to look in in during a pandemic and staying with us so i mean sports you know what i love about it both as a fan and as an as an employee in an organization is you just never know what you're in for you know from a game to game you don't know if it's going to be a win or a loss you don't know what's going to happen sometimes with with players off the court you don't know what's going to happen sometimes when there's a pandemic and it it allows you to have every day be a little different. It allows you to learn to be nimble, which I think teams need to do. Um, and, and especially in the marketing sense where um, you think about marketing either your team or your tickets, or you're helping a commercial partner market their brand using your platforms. It has to be different. It, it changes all the time. You know, consumer habits change all the time. Yeah. Things just change. And so, the idea that you can kind of slap together something that has been done in the past, it's not going to work. And you have to be able to be able to evolve with, with the way the world is going. And, and so I think that part is the part that drives me the most because I, I love innovative thinking. I love trying to come up with solutions and things. And so that's the part of the job that, that gets, that's really exciting to me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's great to hear. And you became president in November of 2021, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So from then, what changes and initiatives kind of have you implemented since taking that position? You know, it was it was a big changing of the guard for both business and basketball. So I I um I oversaw the business side starting in November of 2021, and not more than a few weeks later, Joe Cronin, who's our general manager, oversaw basketball, and we really wanted to be focused on you know being one team and being together. I think. Um, the more together you are with your, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, or hockey, your operations team, the better, because uh, you can understand more what's happening, you know, on and off the court. And so we felt like we really needed to strengthen our relationship, which we did a great job of and really helped uh, in terms of storytelling for, for, of course, our fans, but, but making sure we were telling the stories that basketball wanted to tell. The other thing we were trying to do was come out of a pandemic and, you know, in like you said, I got the role in November of 21. Um, and by March of 22, we were finally removing things like mask mandates. And so fans were able to really come back to games and have it feel like it felt maybe a little different, but have it feel like it felt pre-pandemic. And so that really unlocked our opportunities to get fans back and have them remember what it felt like to be there and to be live at games. And the idea was we wanted to welcome everyone. We wanted everyone to be able to to come to our games and events, no matter what their background was, where they were from, you know, we live in a, in a polarizing time and sports is, is one of those things that binds us all together. So we really want to push for things like that. And then the third thing was really just finding our swagger. Like I said, um, Portland had been particularly hit hard by the pandemic, of course. Um, but so had all of our, um, our teams and and all sports because of the, our job was to gather large groups of people and we weren't able to do it for a long time. So like getting back on our feet and then really starting to run a solid, you know, business that was focused on the right things. And so th those were kind of the three priorities that we had put down on paper, you know, shortly after I got the role. 
Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned sports bring everyone together, and I couldn't agree more. Um, as a current college student, you know, college sports, professional sports, big sports fan, and so it's it's great to see who all you can connect with just on the basis of, oh, did you see this player score thirty points the other day, or or did you see uh you know this goal? Or it's just a connecting point for people all around the world. Um, and and obviously people love highlights. And now with social media, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, you're seeing more and more of those short form content clips. Um being kind of prevalent on, on social media. You know, one thing I'd love to dive into is obviously you went through this huge ad adaption and, and, and reshaping of leadership and organization. Now, more and more, we're, we're kind of, you know, data informed with our decisions. So talk about how that impacted revenue and fan experience for the Trailblazers and, and, and Rose Quarter. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're data informed about everything that we do, right? I talked about coming out of the pandemic and there was a million things that we could have done um, and there's a million things that anyone can get get focused on, but we really, really push to have measure measurable results. You know, we use OKR so objectives and key results, and we talk about them constantly. And we try to make those key results very measurable for our staff. And we want them to understand a couple of things. One is these are the things that we think are important enough to work on, and the things that aren't on that list we're not going to work on. And then secondarily, um, you know, these are the ways that you help contribute to. Um, to helping us win games on and off the court, right? So for our staff, it came around ticketing last year, for instance. We talked about how if everyone could pull together and help our building be full, well, that was going to create a better home court advantage for our team. And so everyone could get behind that idea and understand how they helped, you know, make that happen. And so for us, um, we're just super focused on it is what I'll say. And, and it really helps inform everything that we do. It helps us you know, measure whether something was a success or not. It helps us understand what, you know, we're going to fail. We fail every day in this business, but like, what did we learn from those failures? Because that is just as important as, as having success. So um, for our team, we get really focused on on those things. And if you're not data informed and if you're not really thinking those things through, then it's hard for you to measure the progress that you're making, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you got to bounce back from, from failures, like you mentioned. Now, obviously you, you talked about the strategies and, and approaches you took towards the pandemic. You also played a key role in securing major deals for the organization, such as, uh, you know, the Stormex Jersey patch partnership and, and root sports broadcast agreement. Talk about these partnerships and how they've enhanced the trailblazers reach and engagement with fans. Yeah. I mean, with root sports, it was, it was a really monumental deal for us in the sense that you know for a long time our games are really really hard to watch so we were only really available on cable um which was which was challenging for fans that didn't have cable um as later as the as the agreement went on we were then available on things like youtube tv and hulu which they call the vmvpds and then um what we wanted to do in our next tv deal which was with root was we really wanted to make sure that our fans had the most access to watch as many games as possible and it just so happened that, you know, we had that goal and so did the Seattle Kraken and so did the Mariners. And we had always fought this battle of being a team that was on its own RSN. And so while that was really good for Blazers coverage, because you had a channel that was talking about the Blazers nearly all day long, it made for a really challenging distribution agreement. So there were there were um, especially satellite companies and distribution companies that, that that made the bet that they didn't need to carry our games because we were just the Blazers. And suddenly when you have a station that's the Kraken, the Blazers, and the Mariners, it gets a lot harder to say no to distributing that station. So while we gave up sort of that that 24-hour day coverage of the Blazers, what we got instead was the most distributed broadcast that we'd ever had. Um, 
what I've since learned, however, though, is obviously with cable, um, you know, it's it's a challenging market right now. There's there's people that are either cord nevers or cord shavers and cable audiences are lower than they've ever been. And obviously you're seeing how all that's playing out in the RSN world. Uh, and we're kind of sitting back and, and watching it play out, right? The the Bally's networks are having some challenges. You just saw the Diamondbacks um, got out of their deal earlier this week. So we're watching all that. We're, we're seeing teams do really great things like the Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns who are kind of going back to the old ways of going doing games over the air after streaming. And it's something that keeps me up at night because for us, um, you know, having our games available to fans is really, really important in a world in which you can get, you know, prime shipping and two clicks of something to your house later that day. Like we have to be able to make our games easier to watch. And so that's something that we think about a ton. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, accessibility is key. You know, you want more and more people watching the games. You want everyone to have access, first of all, to be able to watch that game, whether it's through cable, whether it's through these other broadcasting platforms. Completely agree. One thing I wanted to touch on was Rose Quarter. You know, it's it's running a business and you obviously have a marketing strategy, but you're bringing more and more concerts to campus, more and more events. Um, what strategies and you know approaches have you used to, you know, bring more concerts to Rose Quarter and how have these, you know, contributed to the success of the Blazers? Yeah, it's a great question because I think people often forget that in, in addition to, you know, helping put on events for basketball games, we have, you know, 60 to 70 concerts every year. And the last couple of years have been tremendous, right? Because uh, there were acts that have been dying to get back out on the road and go on tour, and we've had plenty of shows. And so for those that aren't familiar, the Rose Quarter campus encapsulates obviously the Moda Center, which is where the Blazers play, but it also includes the Veterans Memorial Coliseum, which is home to the Blazers um, for its first, um, gosh, 25 years of existence. So, um, and the Portland Winterhawks, who are uh, WHL Major Junior Hockey League, play all their home games in there. We have concerts in there. Uh, we had uh, a Phil Knight uh, Legacy Tournament and Phil Knight Invitational, which brought the best college teams from women and men around the U.S. to come to play tournaments here on Thanksgiving. And so, you know, our approach on on continuing to have great events is is twofold. It's really about, you know, helping Portland, I think, get revitalized with having these great events and bringing these great events to downtown. Um, whether that's fans that are obviously in the Portland area that come for Blazers games or fans that come from everywhere for something like that Phil Knight tournament or, or this concert or that concert. And our approach really is having really great relationships with the promoters, really marketing their shows and making sure that we sell them out. Um, you know, it's one thing to have the show and announce it, but it's on us to make sure that every last seat is sold so that the artist feels great about the audience they play in front of and, and the promoter feels really good about picking Portland. You know, we're a market that is, you know, the 21st or 22nd biggest market in the U.S., depending on how you look at it. And if a band is going to do a 20 city tour or a 25 city tour, we're going to be on the fringes, right? They, they don't have to choose Portland. They can skip over us on their way from Vancouver to San Francisco. But if we have great relationships, if we have great results in, in terms of the shows that we have, then, you know, promoters and bands are going to want to, and artists are going to want to continue to come to Portland. So we're, that's what we really get focused on. Yeah, absolutely. And the Trailblazer social media team, I mean, they've won the NBA's Digital Innovation Award five times uh, under your leadership. Uh, so how did you cultivate and lead, you know, a critically acclaimed social media team? And, and how did those efforts uh, contribute to higher social engagement and web, tra web traffic uh, year over year? Well, I appreciate you saying that, so thank you. Uh, it's it's a team effort through and through. It really, really is. We have 
we've invested a lot of resources. We've invested a lot of people into having a team that is, is really focused on that. So, um, you know, whether it's, it's, it's just a couple of things, right. It's, it's, it's access to the players, which again, I talked earlier about having a great relationship with our basketball department, but making sure that, you, you know, you're going to put the players in a good light, you know, you're going to make the players look who, the, who as authentically as they, as they are, uh, you're going to, you're going to show that through in the content that you create. It's letting our fans get to know our players again, off the court as well as on the court. And so, Having that access is sort of step one. And if you have that, it's great. We did a documentary this this summer or this last season called The Trail. And, you know, I think it was seven or eight episodes. And it just really brought folks behind the scenes of how, how a team operates. You got to meet not only the players, but the staff that they work with. Everybody from trainers to broadcast folks to whomever. And so that part was really, really key. The second one was really understanding our brand voice. So what social media really unlocked uh, when it first kicked off was this ability for brands to have their own voice. And you see a lot of brands that do this really well. It could be, uh, I think of like Wendy's, for instance, I think of Taco Bell, I think of, of teams like the LA Kings when we were, when I was there and even now they do a great job, but just being able to, to have that voice that fans can connect with. It doesn't have to be PR speak. It doesn't have to be, you know, talking from a mountaintop and not engaging with your fans. And so that's something we really lean into on the Blazers. We understand what our brand is about. And then we talk to our fans in that way. And then third, we just have incredible fans. Um, I've worked in a lot of different markets and the Blazers are beloved in this city. Uh, they've been here for 53 years and they've just done such a, it, it to me feels like, and again, I grew up in Chicago, but it feels like the, a feel uh, a affiliation that Packers fans feel with Green Bay, right? There's just this idea that they, this city has this team and they get to cheer for them. And they're just such a phenomenal fan base. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the players. I feel it wouldn't be justice to to dive into that just real quick and, and talk about, obviously you've been to so many games. Uh, I mean, tell me what the, what's the experience like watching those players, you know, do their magic on the court, Dame time. I mean, there's so many, so many cool stories and events to talk about, but if you just had to give a brief, you know, what that feeling is like, what would you say? You know, it's, it's such a great question because I've done this now long enough where you've seen some, I've seen some really incredible team and individual experiences. The ones that stand out to me are obviously Damian had a, a game last year where he scored 71 points in a game. And you're just sitting back watching this happen in real time. And you're just, you just close your eyes and say, do not take this for granted. Like this player is an incredible player. Uh, you're getting to witness history, so is every fan in this building. You know, Damien also had a couple of walk-off shots that are pretty memorable. That one series for us that are that are incredible, especially against the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I go back to thinking about uh, when I worked for the Minnesota Wild and Marion Gabrick, who had been their star player. He had five goals in the game, and I remember the fifth goal was a breakaway uh, that he got, you know, got the puck and just took off, and the whole crowd just stood up, realizing the moment. And that fifth goal goes in and everyone just goes crazy. And, you know, you don't, it's, it's what I said I loved about sports, but like you can, you can go and it can be a random Monday night against an opponent. You don't think anything crazy is going to happen and something absolutely unbelievable could happen that you're going to see in sports center or on social media for the next, you know, week. And that's what I love about it. It's just so many experiences that I've had like that, um, that it's just really tremendous. Like even last year, Jaden Sharp had a couple of unbelievable dunks um, that just that just sent the crowd into a frenzy. There was a game that Anthony Simons 
made, you know, something like six threes in, in the matter of like five minutes. And everyone was just, you could just feel the temperature rising in the crowd and you just can't, you, you can't manufacture those moments. And they're so incredible. Um, and they're, they're almost priceless from a sports fan perspective because you, you were there, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's, it's hard to explain. Absolutely. Completely organic one and two priceless. Like you said, now, last question I have, as we wrap up the podcast is you were recognized as one of the international leaders under 40 class of 2018 by leaders in sports and you're on various boards and nonprofits. You know, I always love asking guests because I've had so many sports executives on what advice they have for college students or maybe students wanting to get into sports or uh, wanting to try out that field. Yeah, I think for me, it's curiosity above all. Um, I know that sounds simple, but I remember having my first internships in baseball and I made it a, a, a driven plan of mine to, to have a notebook and write down something I learned every single day and make sure that every day I was learning something. Now, I don't I don't carry the notebook around every day with me as much as I used to, but I still feel like that value of curiosity and trying to learn something every day is what's driving me. Because it allows you to ask really good questions and, you know, it, it allows you to show a little humility and that you don't always know the answers to every question. And that's okay, whether or not you're running a company or just starting out. Um, and I think, you know, you're going to learn a ton. You're going to learn a ton if you sit back and take it all in and understand the full gamut of things before you, you know, try to answer. So uh, I'd say that was, that's been the biggest thing for me. It's allowed me to grow my career. It's allowed me to oversee multiple different kinds of departments because I went in with kind of eyes wide open about learning, you know, okay, let's learn about broadcast or let's learn about social media and let's learn about the latest iPhone update and see what we can do to market our team differently. It's those types of things that if they're always driving you in the back of your mind, like you'll always have that as your center of gravity. Yeah, absolutely. Dwayne, thank you so much for coming on. What a blast. Enjoyed this conversation, learned a lot, and uh, maybe I'll have to catch you at a Portland game. Yeah, sounds great, Chris. Nice to meet you. Absolutely. Well, that's a wrap. See you next time on Kicking It with Chris. Stay tuned. 